Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. And welcome to Living Inside Out today. I'm your host, Joy Ross, and I want to invite you guys to settle in, relax, maybe grab a pen and paper. And hey, before we go any further, I want to welcome our first-time listeners. If you're listening for the first time today, we're so glad you're here, and I want to know where you're listening from. So Go ahead and send me an email to livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. Let me know that today was your first day. Let me know where you are in the world and let me know what resonated, what encouraged you today, what inspired you, what motivated you, what gave you an aha moment. And to our frequent listeners, our family, our Living Inside Out Today crew, you guys, welcome back to the show. And whether we personally met or not, I have such love in my heart for you guys, and I really feel connected because if you listen to this show, what I know about you is you're committed to personal development. You're committed to trying to just show up in life every day as the best version of you. And I share that commitment. And I created this show specifically with you guys in mind. My aim, my intention on this show is to have conversations that are uplifting, encouraging, positive, and most importantly, to share personal stories of transformation from the inside out. And so on each show, and you guys that listen on a regular basis, we love you. And I know you guys know this, but if you're listening for the first time, our intention on every show is to bring to you tips and tools micro steps, things that you can begin to put in action in your life today to help you in your journey to experience more joy, more fulfillment, more freedom, more abundance, and really just to help you show up as the best version of you in whatever role you're playing to help you be a better father, to help you be a better leader, a better mother, a better friend, a better CEO, whatever it is. And my personal transformation journey is the motivation, really. It's the reason. It's the, it is the push that prompted me to start this show. And I'm so grateful today to be blessed to have this platform and to have other platforms where I am able to uh, release messages of encouragement, enlightenment, motivation, and inspiration. I am so blessed today to be CEO of two businesses where I get to help clients who are doing work on social justice, environmental justice, climate justice, and other really important topics. They're doing this work in communities, and I get to help them do outreach and engagement work. And I'm so blessed to be able to do that. I'm so blessed to be able to have two international best-selling books, but you know what? It wasn't always this way for me. There was a time where for many years, I lived my life according to what I call a checkbox mentality based on societal conditioning. And for me, I grew up in a time where that checkbox 
uh, sort of look like this. Society sort of led many of us to think that if we went to school and got an education and then got into corporate America and got a good I'm doing air quotes, you guys, around the word good, a good job, a good paying job, worked our way up and into leadership and maybe started our own businesses. And if we did all of that, found the right person, got married, moved into the right neighborhood, that life would be happily ever after, that there would be a rainbow and a pot of gold at the end of that. But you know what? What I found and what I received deep revelation on is this. There is no amount of money. There is no amount of education. There is no amount of business success or having the right job or the right title. No amount of material possessions that can bring true joy, fulfillment, peace, and happiness. And contrary to what society says, reaching outside of ourselves to acquire things and achieve things can never truly satisfy what our souls crave. I believe the things that we truly desire, fulfillment, happiness, peace, joy, only come from the inside. And I believe that it's our thoughts, our beliefs, our mindset, our faith, our sense of identity and worth. These are the things that determine to what extent we experience joy, freedom, and happiness. And sometimes... For reasons that really are not our fault, we have a tendency to reach outside of ourselves, to try to fill what our soul craves. But once we have things, we often discover that those internal needs remain unfulfilled. That was my experience until I began to look internally and until I began to form a deeper spiritual connection with God. So my personal journey from bondage to freedom, from lack to abundance, from anxiety to inner peace, from disappointment to fulfillment and joy, and most importantly, the steps that I took to break free and experience transformation, all of that is documented in my books. So I encourage you, if you right now are struggling with any sort of cycle or pattern of behavior or maybe an addiction and you've tried and tried and you feel like you just can't get out of that cycle, I believe that my book, How to Break the Cycle of Temptation, Addiction and Guilt from the Inside Out, A Pathway to Freedom, Fulfillment and Purpose will help you. And if you're right now cycling in and out of relationships and dealing with trust issues, maybe constantly feeling heartbroken or disappointed in romantic relationships or family relationships, friendships, maybe business relationships, and you're wondering why, maybe you're thinking it's just you. Maybe you're thinking that you're just maybe meant to go it alone and never trust. If you're struggling in that area, my book, The Truth About Trust, The Secret to Thriving in Any Relationship, I believe will be a blessing to you. I wrote these books not because I'm self-absorbed, not because it was all about me, but because I honestly believe, and actually I received divine revelation, that when we go through trials, when we go through challenges, when we go through the fire and we come out on the other side, 
those blessings are not just for us. There are people who can benefit from our story. So that's why I've put these books out there. I encourage you guys, you can go on Amazon to get either of those books. Search by my name, J-O-I-R-O-S-S, or go on my website, joyross.com, where there are links to both books and there are some free resources that you can download on my website as well. But I am grateful today to be able to talk not about me, but to have a guest on the show who I know you guys are going to love and I know that you'll be encouraged. And before I even get into introducing him, I just want to say right now that as you guys listen, I believe that there's going to be something said today that's going to encourage you. I believe that somebody was maybe hurting or dealing with a challenge before you turned on the show. And you're going to hear something today that meets you exactly where you are. Because here's the thing. If transformation could happen for me, and if it could happen for my guests today, it can happen for you too. And it will. So our aim as we go into today's conversation is to share something during this one hour today that's going to help you take just one small step forward. Because you guys, that's how transformation happens. It happens one step at a time, day by day. And so I'm so excited to have with me in the studio today, Jamal Valaire. Jamal is a transformational speaker a mindset and peak performance coach. He helps people discover their next level of untapped genius to overcome burnout and to optimize success on their personal development journey. Jamal focuses on creating transformational mindset shifts, helping people cultivate resiliency and increase their emotional intelligence and remove limiting beliefs that keep them from reaching new levels of mastery. Jamal's passion for brain science and understanding how the mind works inspired him to earn International Coaching Federation certifications in neurobrain health, neuroleadership, and brain peak performance. And as if all of that weren't enough, Jamal is also a U.S. Navy veteran with over 18 years of military service, including organizational leadership training for the military. Jamal, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here and thank you for your service to our great country. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So, Jamal, I start every show out with each guest, just asking you to tell us what's one challenge or obstacle that you've had to face. And you can answer this in terms of your personal life or in business, however you want to answer, but thinking about just the past 24 to 48 hours, or maybe just this past week, one challenge you've had to face and what steps did you overcome to get on the other side? Awesome. So I'm glad that you asked me that question um, because this has been a question that I've had to deal with for most of my life. You often hear people talk about, oh, you, ha you have a gift, you have talents, there's greatness inside of you. And I'm like, well, how do I get it out? And what does it look like? And so it started me on this particular journey where I was like, everyone says I have potential, but I don't, I don't see that greatness for myself. So my struggle was 
learning if I was I, if I was really enough. And so I kept on struggling. I was like, yes, I may be gifted, I'm talented in different areas, but how do I get this greatness that seems to be locked up inside of me? How do I get it out? And I started with the question of who am I and who do I want to become? I started looking at the labels that I adopted and I said, this no longer serves me. I get to create a better version of myself. And so I started this journey of being able just to challenge and continually focus on who am I? Who am I becoming? And the more I started to unpack that layer of who I am and who I'm becoming, not who society says I need to be, not the expectations mm-hmm. of my parents, not the expectations of, of friends and family, I started to be able to say, wow, I didn't know that God put so many special gifts and talents for me to master. And my principle is your gift will, will make room for you when you honor and master your gift. And so I knew I had the ability to speak. So I said, how do I master it? I knew I had the ability to speak to people, inspire people. How do I master it? So I started looking at the basic skills that I had. And I said, God, if you've given to me, you've given me to, to me for a reason. Let me be a good steward of them and start to practice more and more and more behind the scenes. So when the curtain is open, I feel that I am fully enough to be what you've called me to be in that moment. Oh. All right, Jamal. So let me just say, you just gave us a little mini uh, a little mini life lesson just in this first introductory question, just out of the gate. And you guys know me. I'm always uh, taking notes when I have people on the show. So I was listening to Jamal. And for those of you who are also taking notes, let me just repeat back a couple of things. So Jamal, you said that your challenge is that question, am I enough? And I loved that you threw that out there because I think so many of us, so many people struggle with that same question, right? And I think it's that's one of those mindset challenges that cycles around. It's not just a one and done, right? Because depending on what we're doing, if we're constantly growing, we're constantly running up against new opportunities, new um, new doors to walk through and I find that that question, am I enough, is one that circles, that comes back, right? And so you said the steps that you've taken to navigate through that is you ask yourself, who am I? And who do I want to become? Those are such powerful questions that I think every day we get to wake up every single day and ask ourselves, who do I want to become today? Right. So I love that you said that. And I love that you said your gift will make room. So another thing that we can do is start to identify what are my gifts. Right. And just know that there are God given. I heard you slip God in there. Right. Your little conversation with him. So I love that. So speaking of who is Jamal. Right. I want to get into a little bit before we go to break and we'll, we'll pick this up on the other side, but I want to talk about this brain peak performance and neuro leadership. I mean, that just sounds like what? So um, what is brain peak performance? What is neuro leadership? And, you know, in simple terms for those of us who aren't familiar with those terms and how did you end up doing work in this area? And I know that's a long, probably answer, but let's start it now and then we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Absolutely. So neuroscience, um, when I was younger, I did not really think I was really smart. 
I knew I was mm. gifted. I knew I was funny. I was entertaining. And usually when you have an insecurity or an inadequacy, we overcompensate in a different way. But I never really thought I was really smart because I measured intelligence based on college degrees. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned when I started to find out about neuroscience through Shantae uh, Taylor, who's a neuroscientist over 20 years, um, I realized that if I remove all the labels, that I understand how the brain and our nervous system works, if I was able to understand that system of how the brain works, then I could understand once I removed all the labels and excuses, if I focus on how to, how the brain and your nervous system naturally works on autopilot, no matter if you're rich mm. or if you're poor, if you're whatever social and economic background, if you teach people how the brain naturally works, you're able to reprogram it to get the results that you're looking for. And many of us mm. are living a life that we've had to settle for, not the one we wanted to create. So when we learn to leverage our brain and our nervous system and how the mind actually naturally works, then we have the ability to take full uh, accountability for it, but also transform it to whatever we want to see. Whatever the mind can 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 conceive, that's what we'll see for the rest of our lives. You guys, okay. And if you, if those of you who uh, get to see this video once I have it posted up on my website, you see me laughing right now and making this facial expression like "woo," because learn to leverage our brains. That is huge, Jamal. There's a lot in here that I definitely want to um, dive a little deeper into. And we're going to do that. We're going to talk about this journey of yours. I I find it fascinating that you used to think you weren't smart enough and how a person who felt like they weren't smart enough ended up studying smartness. (laughs) Right. Ended up doing a deep dive into one of the, I think, uh, more complex um, topics, you know, how the brain works. The brain is fascinating and neuroscience is kind of a heavy uh, field. And so definitely want to get into how we can learn to leverage our brains. You guys, we're going to pick this up with Jamal on the other side of the break, giving all of us, myself included, He's going to lay it down for us, some tips on how we can learn to leverage our brain power. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today, Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back from break, everybody. We are here with Jamal Valer, and he was just starting to really lay down some information that I believe is going to help all of us on this topic of brain peak performance and neural leadership, and in particular, 
how we can learn to leverage our brains. So Jamal, I want to pick it right back up right here. And let's um, take this conversation a little further. Um, Paint a picture for us of the types of people that you typically coach and train and how maybe like one or two main ways that you work with them to leverage their brain power, because I'm assuming what you do for them, whatever those like top couple of tips are, those same tips can work for us, I'm guessing, but you tell us. Absolutely. So when it comes to neural leadership, it's pretty much teaching people. Um, a lot of my clients are executives, high achieving entrepreneurs and millennial leaders. And I, I like to be the perfect go between between generation X, um, Y and Z. Um, so we have different leadership styles. And what I really like to bring out is the emotional intelligence of understanding emotional regulation, breathing, being able to identify your um, where your space is for mindfulness techniques. Our brain is one of the most advanced pieces of technology. I always ask this question when I'm doing speaking to an audience. I ask them to, to point to the most advanced piece of technology that they have. And ironically, they all hold up their phones. And I said, the phone can't fix itself, but it needs someone with a brain who can do it. And so I kind of I teach them the understanding of how to leverage, how to overcome their limiting beliefs, the story that you have on repeat. I teach them how to break those habits. You know, we the the the, the common phrase that says it takes 21 days to create a new habit. When all when all actuality, it takes 66 days for those neural pathways to become consistent. So teaching them the understanding what's myth and what's real, but also um, something that I often do with my clients is writing out your vision, writing out your goals. Why? It's because you have over 70,000 thoughts a day and the brain doesn't know the difference between a thought for today or a thought of purpose. I'll say that again. The brain does not know a thought or an idea for the day and then a thought that's based on purpose. And so what we do is we create a blueprint for success based on their own terms. And then we identify what are the limiting beliefs that are stopping you from taking actions thus far. And after we identify that, then we say, what most of my executives love is being able to tap into new levels of creative genius. If you're already at the top of the mountain, how do I make sure I stay there? How do I beat out my competitors? How do I make sure that I'm not burning myself out in the process? And then where do I have a safe space where I can share my fears and my insecurities and my inadequacies and build from them so they're no longer a liability to my company, my vision, or my mission. Mm. Okay, so we are going to unpack just a couple of these because we could spend a whole hour, Jamal, just on this one topic. Um, So I'm thinking, "Mm -hmm, this is going to be one of those where I may have to have you back for a part two, but let's see where we get with this. So you mentioned a couple of things that I know from people that I coach, counsel, or just people that come to me sometimes for advice or just to talk that burnout is real, Mm -hmm. something that is common. And you mentioned stories that we have on repeat in our brains. I want to start there. So um, limiting beliefs, stories we have on repeat. I think limiting beliefs is one of those terms that um, maybe not everybody's familiar with. So let's talk about that a little bit. How would a person know if they have limiting beliefs just in like lay terms? What is that? And... Why is that? Im- why is it important to identify our limiting beliefs? Absolutely. So I look at. I like this metaphor. Is think of your favorite movie or your favorite TV show. You have a script writer. You have an actor. You have 
um, lines that you repeat and that you tell in order to tell a story. And so the brain is constantly telling a story. It's either of empowerment or disempowerment, right? And so what happens is our brain has different levels of, of, of evolution from zero to seven, from 12 to um, 18, and from 18 to 25. Your brain is fully developed at age 25 in theories, air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. Just because we grow older doesn't mean we grow up. And so what mm -hmm. happens is when we have different experiences from zero to seven, those become, um, our. we have what is called a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind is pretty much 5% of who we are. And that's based on our five senses. And then the other 95% is our subconscious program that we learn from zero to seven, mm -hmm. from seven to 12, and then from 12 to 25, right? So mm -hmm. in these particular things, there's a lot of, I, and I always say we adopted these beliefs because abundance is a birthright. We just learn through the world of scarcity and survival, mm -hmm. right? There's six different mindsets that I teach about, but usually the first ones are scarcity and survival. How do I make sure that I have food? How do I make sure that I can live? How do I find social levels of love, acceptance, and validation? Mm -hmm. So what happens is these limiting beliefs are stories that you adopted because of a moment or a situation that happened. And you've continued to tell that story into your teenage years, into your adult years, into your 30s and your 40s and 50s, because mm -hmm. you've never got a chance to do a full loop. So what happens is the brain, let me just tell what the brain is designed to do. Number one, the brain is designed to conserve energy. It's designed to find safety. It's designed to avoid pain at all costs, right? Mm -hmm. Every time you come up with a brand new idea, the brain is going to attack it because it doesn't mm -hmm. have control of the outcome or is not able to see as far. Mm -hmm. So if you know that naturally the brain is, is not designed for fulfillment, it's designed to be able to make sure that all of the different functions of the body are able to function consistently for survival, then you already know this is one of your first challenges when it comes to personal development or going after a goal or a dream. So if you understand it, how do I habit stack or find that motivation that's consistent? I always share that emotions are only good, only short-term fuel for, for, for reaching your goal. It takes mm -hmm. discipline and dedication for actually reaching them. Because every day you have a new idea. So you have 70,000 thoughts. 70,000 is a lot to be able to manage, right? Yeah. Um, and most of them are on autopilot. So if, you, if you're in this particular space, it's good that you get clarity. When you have clarity, you can take action. And if you have a strategy, now you know where are my strengths and my weaknesses toward getting actually the job done. Mm -hmm. Jamal, that's, that's deep. Let me just repeat back, you guys, um, for the audience. Here's what I'm taking away. One of the main things, I have a bunch of scribbles in my notes, um, and I'm sure you probably do too. The main thing that I think you said that's really huge is this, this, this reality, this truth that 95% roughly of what is happening in our minds is happening on a subconscious level, meaning we are not consciously in control of all of that, but all of that is what is probably driving mm -hmm. our decision. So you guys, if you have felt like you're in a loop in your life and you can't get out, if you have felt, oh my gosh, why am I stuck and I can't move forward? Why am I self-sabotaging? What is wrong with me? I just want to pause right now and say, there's probably nothing wrong with you. What's going on is you are human and your subconscious mind, as Jamal said, is 
running these stories on repeat, as he said, right? And so I love that we're talking about this, Jamal. And so I'm taking away in terms of a simple step, what people can do with this information is zoom in on this truth that there is there is stuff, let's say, right, that's going on in your mind that's affecting your decisions. It's affecting, it's affecting your emotions. It's probably affecting how you show up in the world. So step number one, to me, Jamal, sounds like get with somebody who can work with you to start identifying those stories that are keeping you maybe in a loop in, in cycles that you don't want to be in, in your life, because it sounds to me, tell me, Jamal, if, if you agree with this, but it sounds like what you're saying is that's a really important step. And that's probably not something that we can do on our own. If we're not already familiar with how the brain works and all the neuroscience behind it. Right. So what, what would you say to people who want to, they're like, yeah, I think this might be my issue. What do they do to get started? So there's one thing that there's a couple of things that come to mind when you ask me that question. Um, there's a quote that says, if you want to go far, go by yourself. But if you want to go twice as far, bring somebody with you. And the reason why it is important is uh, some of the things that I do with, with my clients or some things that I, I focus on is being able to be fully present. What is in, When you say you want to do something, what is the immediate negative story that comes up? Because what you'll learn, there's three things that happens when you're trying to identify a habit. There is a trigger, there is a behavior, and there's reward, mm-hmm. Right. And that happens in a loop. You may say, well, me having this limited belief is not a reward, but it serves you in some type of way. Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to identify what's the immediate belief system that comes up when I want to do something and ask yourself, is this empowering or disempowering? And then you ask yourself, where did I learn this? You'll find you'll be able to track it down to either your childhood, either your years in college, either and where, where something did not go right according to your script. And see, the thing about being in a, in a TV show is you only read your script. You have no ability to be able to go outside of that script. And so if that script is constantly on replay and repeat, because the brain says, how do I avoid pain? The last time I tried this, I failed. And just because you failed does not make you a failure. It just means that you had an opportunity to grow. And so what these are some of the things that I would recommend that you do is, number one, write your vision. Make it very, very clean, clear. Write the goal that you want to do. Very, very specific, right? But also ask yourself, what is the limiting belief that tells me I can't achieve that? And as you work with a coach, um, you're able to really unpack that and give it a different story or Mm -hmm. give a full leap. So what happens is when the brain says there was pain there, what happens is we says, how do we avoid that at all costs? Now, the amygdala is the size of an acorn. This is what pretty much hijacks the entire conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And it it hijacks the entire story of what you tell yourself. And when it is in hijack mode, you turn off the most advanced part of your brain is where your forehead is, is or it's called your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. It is. I like to call it in layman's terms, the CEO of the brain. Right. It makes all the executive decisions. It thinks very far ahead of of, of, uh, it's able to figure out complex situations. We turn that off when we operate from a stress, overwhelm and, and, and anxiety. Right. So mm-hmm. as soon as you say, hey, I want to quit my job and want I want to become an entrepreneur. Anxiety is like, well, how are we going to pay our bills? Right. Mm-hmm. That 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 scarcity and survival start to kick. I'm like, wait a minute. You're talking about doing your dream. Are you going to get paid to do your dream? <laughs> and I know it can be very, very it can be paralyzing 
Because mm -hmm. fear can be can be a, a paralyzing agent. But at the question is, ask yourself a better question. Mm -hmm. What is the cost of doing what I've been doing for so long? And is this giving mm -hmm. me the results that I want? Mm -hmm. And what you happen, what you will learn is the principle is everything that I want, everything I feel I deserve is on the other side of fear. I just need yeah. someone to walk with me through the fear. Fear can be oh, your right. best friend. Fear is you can it, it can be all the way, it can, it can be in your story, it can be in your life. Just don't give it the driver's seat. Because mm -hmm. I don't care what I think I want you to think of your most valuable or your dream car, no matter how much money you spent on it, whether it be a, a one of a kind, one of five, whether it be multi-million dollar car, no matter what the car looks like, it still has a blind spot. So fear is telling me I need more information. I need a better strategy. I need a better support system. But fear does not get to write all the chapters of your story or of your life unless you give it permission to do so. Yeah. Jamal, this is so good. Um, you guys, here are two simple things in my notes that I took away from all of that. There was so much. But number one, become aware. Become aware of the thoughts in your brain, what is happening, and then ask yourself, where did this thought come from? Jamal, you said it's two questions that we can ask ourselves. Is this an empowering thought that I'm having right now? Or is it a disempowering thought? And where did it come from? Because once we identify that, then we could start to do these other things that you described, like go through that process of kind of checking our thoughts, if I can put it that way, right? Kind of like check yourself, check your thoughts, because they might be about to lead you down a path that's not congruent or that's not going to take you toward where you really want to go in life. So I love that. Um, I'm going to shift gears here, Jamal, because there's so much um, in you that I want to bring to the forefront for the people today. So you talked about emotional intelligence in your answer um, and how you help people to navigate through that. I know emotional intelligence is something that we hear a lot about these days. There are even studies that say people who have higher levels of emotional intelligence tend to advance more in their careers. They make more money. Um, they do better in leadership positions. So before we cut to our next break, I just want to ask you real quickly, when it comes to emotional intelligence, um, why should we care about this? And what's one thing that we can do, that the listeners can do to enhance, to elevate our level of emotional intelligence? One simple thing. One of the things that I've learned as a leader uh, of being in the military for over 18 years now um, is there is a pressure. Um, and what happens is how do I connect to my people? How do I connect to those who I'm leading? How am I able to engage with a way in a way that inspires them to take action versus um, criticism? And oh, that is using empathy. Empathy, most people do not want sympathy. Most people want you to be able to empathize with their position or where they're trying to grow to or where they are stuck with. And when you use empathy, um, the biggest, the, one of the best things for my, a lot of leaders that I work with is emotional regula regulation. That means your emotions do not ha hijack you from great opportunities. One emotional outburst can make you viral. Um, and that may not be your entire character. One emotional outburst, uh, outburst of fear and scarcity may, may stop you from taking an opportunity that may take your company for 10 years or give you the revenue that you're looking for. And so how are you regulating your emotions? Are you constantly 
um, at the mercy of your feelings? Or do you have the ability to be able to center yourself and be able to get full clarity on what your emotions are? Identify one, the emotion, and then ask yourself, how do I want to take action? And make sure it's from a, from a place of security versus insecurity. Mm-hmm. This is very, very helpful for leaders because when they have to make tough decisions, where do they get a sounding board to be able to say, I'm making the right decision? So what helps a lot of leaders is being able to do self-regulation, the ability to do something as simple as breathe. Mm-hmm. When you're breathing, your, your brain does not know the difference between if you're telling a story if you're or unless you're actually in danger. And so what breathing does, um, it starts to that you have two different systems that take place when you're stressed and overwhelmed. What breathing does, it allows you to slow down mm. it allows you to recenter yourself and it tells your brain that you can access the ceo of your brain again because you're not in danger and as mm. you breathe you're now allowed your intuition or your spirit to be able to speak louder i always challenge people what's the loud lie that you hear and what's the whisper of truth that you hear as well mm. because both of those are competing for your attention and once you okay. tell, once you're able to expose the loud lie and say, okay, let me turn this down, the whisper of truth, that is what you really need to listen into and incline yourself. And when your spirit is quieted and your mind is clear and you're listening for the truth, you will always find it because it was always there inside of you. It was just you allowed your fears, your insecurities, and anxiety to be able to speak too much on the microphone when they were just trying to give you information. I love that, you guys. Uh, emotional intelligence, it's huge. It, it is huge. It's everything, two things that we can do to increase our level of emotional intelligence. Number one is empathy. Be more empathetic. That means think about the other person. Or what's the phrase by Stephen Covey? You know, he said it best, I think. Seek first to understand. So try to put ourselves in the shoes of other people. And then two regulate our emotions. And that's the simple process as Jamal, as I heard Jamal explain it, of simply pausing when we begin to feel feelings, feel an emotional reaction. When we're in a situation, pause, breathe before we act. That sounds so simple, but that that there's a major shift that happens when we're able to do that. So speaking of breathing and pausing, you guys, we're going to breathe right now. We're going to take a quick, quick pause in the form of a commercial break. And we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere because we're going to get into more about how you can be in a state of peak performance when we come back from the break. Stay with us. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. 
That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back, you guys. We are here today with Jamal Valer. Just before we took our break, we had started to get into emotional intelligence as one of those things that really matters in terms of our ability to advance. Um, It really matters in terms of the quality of our relationships. For people who are in leadership, it really matters in terms of how effective um, we are in those leadership roles. So on a similar note, Jamal, I want to transition and talk about another topic that during our a previous conversation that you and I had off air, this was something that you brought up and alluded to in terms of it also being foundational to our ability to advance, and that is serving. So, um, and in fact, there's a scripture that says Jesus himself said that the greatest among us is servant of of all. And when you and I spoke a while back, you were sharing about your story and your journey with me. And what struck me is that over and over and over, as you share with me, your experience as being a student and having studied under some of the greats, people like Lisa Nichols, Les Brown, T.D. Jakes and others, You also said that you sat under their teaching and then you quickly began serving them. And in fact, you said, and I quoted you, you may not remember this, but you said, quote, Joy, my superpower really is how I serve. Mm -hmm. So I found that fascinating and wanted to bring that element of serving and the role that serving has played in in your life. And I think that the reason, part of the reason I'm bringing this up is I know that many people are taught to believe that when you're in charge, when you're in control, when you are uh, over others. So if you can just get that supervisory position or that management position or that executive position, that that is the path to greatness. So for people who, have that sort of mindset or who have been taught the key to greatness is having a position of authority over others, what would you say to encourage them to develop a servant mindset? And why should they want to? Mm. How do they, how do we become servants? Ooh, servant leadership. Um, this is one thing I, I'm very, very passionate about servant leadership because I've seen it done the wrong way. Um, in the military, you don't have to be empathetic. You don't have to use all these s- soft skills and air quotes. Um, your rank makes you right. Your position makes you right. And what I realized, there were a lot of people who were damaged um, along the way. And what I realized, even at the leadership level, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of expectations that never get trickled down that you have to eat. And so there is a frustration there. How do I get the results that I'm looking for and able to galvanize the people who are underneath me to be able to get the results that the company may need, um, that my business may need. Uh, and for many times we have been, mo- what's been modeled for us becomes our automatic default. So if we had a leader that was particularly um, who was uh, not empathetic, we subconsciously adopt those particular leadership skills because we're saying these are the skills that we need to be to be considered worthy of the next level. What I've learned about servant leadership 
is it allows you to really fully connect with the people who, who work for you, where you inspire them. If they only work so they don't get fired, the quality of product is going to be different. But if you inspire them, they'll do extra and above because you they know you see them as outside of just an employee and a number, but as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that I do even in, in my uh, department is I ask people, every person in my department, how are you doing on a scale of one to five? And that gives them subconscious permission to say, I'm not okay. Because what mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people is where do you get a space to not be okay? Everybody normally depends on you, whether your mother, a father, a CEO, a leader, a parent, you are always the go-to person or the fixer for everyone's life. And so if you're in, if you're in my space, I'm going to ask you on a scale of one to five, five being great. And what happens is when they're on a one or a zero, they have the permission to be able to check in with me a little bit later on and say, hey, or I make it my point to say at 12, I'm going to check on you. And if you're still at that space and you would like to talk, I'm here and available. What does that do? It allows them to be seen. One of the biggest challenges for leaders is if you get these three things, um, you'll be able to crush it. Most people don't feel seen, heard, or valued. If you're able to have a conversation, if you're able to engage with them and they're able to knock out those three things, you will transform your department to a whole different level. Because when they feel seen, they feel valued, and they and they feel like they're a part of a team, and that helps them with their own worthiness, but the product of what they produce is operated at a certain level, and they will handle your customers at a different level. Because this is not a place where you're just a number and an employee, you're a person of value that makes the company better, that makes the team better, that makes the environment better, and you set the tone. If you want a, a certain culture in your in your environment, you have to set that particular tone as a leader. I don't hide behind my desk. I, my responsibility is to make sure that I engage with you at a level. So if you're not okay, or if you have a creative idea, but you're but you're afraid to be able to release it, you have, I can at least talk to him. He's always asking about my well-being. He's always asking about what's going on in my world. So I've created that next level of psychological safety to be able mm-hmm. to know that you are a trusted agent for growth and transformation. Mm. Jamal, I <clears throat> the simplicity of this is I think the beauty of it. Because as you gave your answer, I'm listening. And when you said those three points, what people want more than anything is to be seen, to be heard, and to be valued. So what I'm taking away in my notes from this is servanthood, right? Because whether people have an official title in whatever they're doing in the world of being a leader or a manager, we all... None of us live on an island, right? So we're all doing something where we have to interact with other people. So to me, this is really about impact and influence, right? So if we want to be positively impacting and influencing, the beauty is all we really have to do is show up and be human, right? Like recognize that the people who are working for us, if we are in leadership or we're CEOs or in any sort of supervisory management position or whatever, even if you're on a team, even if you're a project manager and you have people supporting your your work in that area, just remember, people want to be seen. People want to be heard. People want to be valued. And I think this is not something that can be faked, right? Mm -hmm. So the other thing that rose up for me is authentically treat people the way that you'd want to be treated because we all want to be seen. 
We all want to be heard. I love that you said just that simple thing of walking around and asking people, hey, on a scale of one to five, how are you today? And like really mean it, right? Because I think sometimes people take a class and it's like a checkbox. Oh, ask my people these things. I think people feel it when we're not authentic. So I just want to add that. Mm -hmm. See people, hear them, value them in a real way in a caring way, not just to check a box because you're trying to get some leader of the year award, right? So I love that, Jamal. And so I'm going to do another, you said, and I'm going to quote you and then have you explain to us what you, what you meant by this. You said to me, quote, we often substitute good for never becoming great. And we allow the song of mediocrity to lullaby us into a state of consistent average. I was like, what? Wow. Okay. So what did you mean by this? And again, bringing it back to the listeners. So tell us what you meant by this and tell us what's one step that we all can take today to go from wherever we are because nobody intentionally wants to stay at mediocrity, right? Mm-hmm. Or if we're good, we want to be great. Or if we're at great, we want to be even greater, right? Because we're all, as listeners and participators in this show, we're all committed to being the best version of us. So what's one thing we can all do to go from where we are to the next level? But first of all, what did you mean by this? We often substitute good for never becoming great. And we let the song of mediocrity lullaby us into a state of consistent average, which, whoa, I'm sure none of us want that. Talk to us. Talk to us. Break this down. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to be average. But if they look over the course of what they want to accomplish, um, they don't accomplish it. At, at the beginning of the year, you have new year, new me. And they said within the first 90 days, um, 70% of people give up on their goals mm. first 90 days. And so um, when you're gifted and when you're talented, because everybody has a gift and a talent, God says, I give them to you without repentance. So you have a skill set. Um, and so what people usually, if you see for me, I'll just speak for myself. I am inspired by people who operate on excellence with at a very high level consistently. And so Lisa Nichols, I have you know, like my hall of fame people, um, Bishop T.D. Jakes is number one. Um, Lisa Nichols, Les Brown, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, the and uh, Dr. Eric Thomas. These are some of my top five people mm. that inspire me. And what I say about inspiring me is your heroes are only commercial breaks or snapshots of who you have the potential to become. Mm. There's a reason why you're drawn to these particular people. And what they're doing is they're modeling what's possible if you get out of your own way. If you stop making excuses, if you start saying, you know what? I love, Les Brown is the the person who started the fire of motivation. And I said, I just can't stop with motivation. How do Mm -hmm. I learn? I said, God, don't let me be motivation without teaching people how to be transformational. And that's Mm -hmm. Lisa Nichols because she's one of the best transformational speakers and uh, transformational coaches in the world. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned was sometimes because we're good at something, we will allow the, the applause of just being good at something to give us comfortable. Where the brain says, we know this, we can do this with our articles, because there's some skills that you naturally have that you don't have to go to school for, you don't have to get a degree for, you just wake up and do it. And so uh, average people will clap 
we've made the world has made so many average people and mediocre people famous and because you're famous doesn't mean you're you're a faithful steward of of, of influence and yeah. so when you're around people what happens in life is we we're so comfortable being good until we step into someone next next to someone who's being great and that's either going to provoke either envy or inspiration mm. that envy set will say oh i'm going to try to chip them down because i'm not there or that inspiration says oh i got some more work to do and the brain says, well, we, you know, we like this. We've been here for so long. But the heart says, there has to be more. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to the gifts and the talents I've been given. And if I'm willing to be able to use faith, that means dream on credit while I do the work behind the scenes. Then I'm willing to be able to, my one of my favorite principles, Jamal, nothing that you've been through is designed to be wasted. Don't waste your hurt. Don't waste your frustration. Don't waste your, your mistakes. Don't waste your failures. All of those are designed to become a perfect work when you're willing to honor your gifts and your talents. Says, God, you've given to me. I'm going to give them back to you and watch you multiply. Mm. You can only go so far on your own. But when you give your gifts and your talents and you said, if I if, uh, one of my things is procrastination is the arrogance that God will give you another day to do what he told you today to do today to do tomorrow. It is yeah. the arrogance that I'm going to get. And what happens is a lot of people in their comfort zone, they realize when someone is operating in their greatness, they realize that they're living beneath their privilege. Hmm. Jamal, okay. First of all, let me say, and I didn't even, we're out of time. Can you believe that? I didn't even get to dive into your story about being an ordained minister, but I feel like you just got, you just gave us all a taste because um, you could drop. I felt like I was maybe in a church service right now or something, but I love what you said that our heroes are really snapshots of what we can become. And to remember that nothing that we've been through is designed to be wasted. So that's what I'm going to take away from that and really take a look every day at what we're going through and just know, hey, there's something, if I've been through it, there's some value here. And how can I put everything, all of my experiences, all my gifts, all my talents to use? That's what I'm hearing as a takeaway. So I need to wrap this up. I'm getting the cues. Jamal, thank you so much for being with us today. I definitely feel like there was so much that I wanted to ask you that we just didn't even have time to get into. So we are going to have you back um, real quickly. Where can people find you on social media before we close? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You can find me at Coach Jamal Valer, J-A-M-A-L, V is in Victor, A-L-L-A-I-R. Um, on my website, uh, on any social media, just type in Jamal Valer. Um, I'm one of the few and the only. Um, so I would love to be able to connect with you, especially give your feedback from this show. Um, I am a person who loves to connect with other people. So I'd love for yes. you to connect with me in just whatever way you find possible. Um, but definitely give uh, Joy a shout out for her w- amazing show. Tell me, tell us what you love most about it. And uh, yes. that's what I would love for them to do. Yes. And I'm going to jump in right there. Thank you, Jamal, because I'm going to ask the audience, you guys, let me know what spoke to you today. I ask that at the end of every show. You guys know I want you to write to me because I read every email and we really want to know your feedback. What resonated with you? What did you take away from today? What do you want to hear more of on this show? So send me a note at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com and tune in next week because you guys, I've been working on a special program that I am going to be announcing next week that's going to help you all go deeper in your journeys to be the best version 
version of you and to experience more joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your lives. I'm going to be launching it and announcing it next week. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. And until next time, I'm going to leave you with this final tip. And you guys know that around here, TIP is an acronym for Transformation is Possible. It's a step-by-step journey that begins with making a choice to live inside out today. So thanks for being with us today. And until next week, love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.